Amen. The book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 23, says, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat. The vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. My great army which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And I believe verse 32 is so good, I can't stop there, amen. And it shall come to pass that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen, amen. Go give God praise for his word today. Hallelujah. I wanna preach for a few moments on this thought, this title, the former and latter reign together. And I'm gonna use a parable out of Matthew 20 to kind of bring this home this morning, but worship team just brought this song to us today here for the first time called Rain. Such a powerful song. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready for the rain. The rain is symbolic of the Holy Ghost. And I begin to think I'm thirsty, I'm ready for the rain of the Spirit of God. I, I, a mist is not going to satisfy me today. How many of you have ever been out here and you've seen, you've looked up and you hear thundering and lightning and the dark clouds roll in and you just know that you know it's about to come a downpour. But all the signs are there, it looks like it, but then all of a sudden, all oh, it's just a little sprinkle, just a little mist. I've been to the ocean many times and I've walked out on the beach up to the water and I've stood there gazing at the beautiful water and the waves will come in and just gently spray me. But there's times that that, that won't do. There's times I just want to take off running and dive in head first and be immersed in that water, soaked in it. There's times when I was younger, I don't go there much anymore because I can't handle the rise. I get dizzy and get sick, getting older. But when I went to Six Flags, we, we used to ride all the rides that spin and go up and down and all this. But, but now I just have to go. If I go and I'll stand, you, anybody ever rode, uh, what was it, the Splashwater Falls back in the day? Don't even know if they still have it. But as I got older, instead of riding it, I'd go stand on the little overlook place, the bridge. And that old boat would come down and as it hit, it would spray up water on you and you'd get just a little wet. 
I began to think, you know, that's not what I need and what I want today. I don't need a sprinkle. I don't need a mist from the ocean. I don't need just a splash today. I need to be immersed in the Holy Ghost rain. I need a soaking today. Just a little sprinkle, just a little dab is not gonna do us and it's not what the church needs today. We need a drenching. We need the sound of the abundance of rain. We need revival rain. When it rains, vegetation is watered. Grass becomes greener. When it rains, things are refreshed. When it rains, I don't know about you, I love the smell of rain. There's a sense of a refreshing. There's a smell to it. There's a sound to it. I want us to think about this parable in Matthew chapter 20. This is the parable of workers in the vineyard. Now, I want us to think about it. I'm not going to read the scripture. If you want to look along, you can. But the parable talks about different visitations. And it mentions a third hour, a sixth hour, and a ninth hour. This parable has three main things we've got to be made aware of. First thing you've got to understand in this parable, there is an owner of the vineyard that it's speaking about. The owner is a type of God who owns everything. Psalms 24 says the earth is the Lord and everything in it. There is a vineyard and the owner visits that vineyard. He comes and visits that vineyard on four specific occasions or four specific times according to the scripture. Now Jesus says in John 15, I'm the vine, you are the branches. The vineyard must be the church. Look at your neighbor and say, we're the vineyard. The church is the vineyard. Notice God the owner is speaking of visiting his church, the vineyard, on four specific different occasions. He gives them the time He gives them the hour that he's gonna visit and for just a moment, I want us to look at those different visitations and understand what they mean to us today as we're talking about the former and the latter reign together. I believe there's something that's beginning to shift. I believe there's something that's about to happen in the body of Christ. I believe that latter reign is coming and so I wanna look at this parable and understand something real quick. Number one, the Bible says the owner visited the vineyard at the third hour. Remember, God is the owner, the vineyard's the church. God the owner, the vineyard the church. At the third hour, if you read in the book of Acts, we discover the outpouring of the Holy Ghost which occurred in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. It was a day that had been pre-announced for thousands of years. And it says in the scripture, at the third hour, somebody say, third hour. This had been talked about all the way back in the Old Testament before it happened. In Numbers chapter 11, Moses gathered 70 elders. He got them around the tabernacle and the spirit of the living God come upon them and that time, at that moment, all the way back in Numbers, they began to prophesy. 800 years before the day of Pentecost ever happened, the prophet Isaiah pointed out that tongues would be the proof of what would be the outpouring of this third hour visitation. He said in Isaiah 28 and 11, with foreign lips and strange tongues, God will speak to his people. Then the Bible says the prophet Ezekiel, who was 
a dumb and deaf mute, yet the Spirit came upon him four different times and he would prophesy. How many knows today if a dumb and deaf person can boldly proclaim the word of God when the anointing of the Holy Ghost comes upon them, how much more should you and I be a witness who can speak, who can hear? You see, when the anointing comes upon you, you're filled with boldness and authority. And if we ever needed a boldness and anointing, a boldness and authority to come upon the body of Christ, we need it today in this hour. We don't need it from education. We don't need it from talent. We don't need it from fame and riches and fortune but we need it from the anointing of the Holy Ghost that says I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me and then Jesus said in John 14 16 I will ask the Father he will give you another counselor to be with you forever the spirit of truth but I tell you the truth, it's for your good that I go away. Unless I go away, the counselor or the comforter will not come to you. But if I do go, I will send him to you. The scripture is full of examples and times and prophecies where the Holy Ghost outpouring, the third hour visitation was prophesied. It was said it's gonna happen. And then in Acts chapter three, we see where God, the owner of the vineyard, God, the owner of the church, visits his church in the upper room and pours out his spirit. See, the Holy Ghost didn't come on people permanently in the Old Testament. God's dwelling place was the temple that was dedicated to him. But under the new covenant, God has you and I, people for his temple. He dwells in us. The Bible says, do you not know that the body is a temple of the Holy Ghost who is in you whom you have received from God? During the third hour visit, God began to pour out his spirit during Pentecost and this third hour visit has also continued to be fulfilled in America, around the world, at Azusa Street, at the Brownsville Revival. I've experienced it in revivals I've been a part of. I've experienced it in these altars. Come on, somebody. Are you, do you still believe this is real? I've come to tell you, if not, you need to. The Holy Ghost is still real. That third hour visitation happened and it can happen again today if you'll embrace it and welcome it and desire it. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for it. I'm glad that the Holy Ghost doesn't just come on us and then leaves us, amen, hallelujah. It would come on Joshua, the Holy Ghost would come on Samson and Deborah and David and come on Ezekiel, but now because of the third hour visitation, you can be baptized in the Holy Ghost's power and fire and he'll enable you to fight the devil 24 seven. He'll enable you to cast out devils and lay hands on the sick and they recover when the, and the Holy Ghost bring, will bring you gifts too. Words of wisdom and knowledge and faith and healing and miracles and prophecy and discernment and gifts of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Some of you here today in this room and watching live today, you, you need to experience this third hour visitation. Some of you have doubted it. Some of you have allowed other people to confuse you on this. But I'm telling you it's real today. It was prophesied that it would happen thousands of years before it ever did and it's still happening today. The third hour visitation was the outpouring of the Holy Ghost upon all people with power 
and authority. Then God or the, the owner of the vineyard said, I'm going to visit the third hour, then I'm going to visit at the sixth hour. And if you read through the Bible, you'll find in the book of John where there was a sixth hour visit, visitation. This visitation is about the Samaritan woman and it's, a, it's about worshiping in spirit and in truth. And I believe the sixth hour visit is the hour that the people of God worship Him. It's about developing a relationship with Him. It's about saying to Him, I love you more. I want you more. I put you first in my life. Do you know that in the tabernacle of David in the Old Testament, they sung to the Lord 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They played music all day, all night, every day of the year. If you got up in the middle of the night and you couldn't sleep and you were battling depression and anxiety, if you could get over to the tent, to the tabernacle, you could get in on some good praise, worship and music and get in the presence of the Lord. I believe there is still coming a revelation of worship to the body of Christ and it's more than just coming to a Sunday service. It's more than just clapping your hands. It's more than just singing a feel good song. But come on somebody, it's going to be an it's going to be an encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and I believe that he is raising up a new generation like David that will worship God with all all their strength and all their might. And I believe God is gonna do it right here at Mount Holly Church. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. The Bible said when David did this, the Ark of the Covenant was brought back to him. The Ark of the Covenant represents the presence of the Lord and I believe the key to bringing back God's presence and God's power and God, come on, is found in the six-hour visitation with the woman at the well of Samaria where he taught her what true worship was. The owner visits the vineyard on the third hour and the sixth hour. You research, you look through the scripture. The third hour visitation is representative of the, uh, of, the, of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost at the third hour. Then there's a revelation of knowledge given about worship at the sixth hour. And then the Bible speaks the owner's gonna visit at the ninth hour. The ninth hour, if you read over in Acts 3, talks about a ninth hour visitation and it represents a manifestation of healings and signs and wonders and miracles. How many would like to see the ninth hour visitation happen today in this place? How many needs a miracle today? Today, praise God. How many believes God is still a miracle way maker working God today? We hear of miracles, the abundance of miracles around the world and on the mission field. Why? Because I believe there is no relig religious baggage. There are people who are hungry for God. Their hunger is sincere. Their hunger is strong. And I believe that here in America, the expectancy is low and the unbelief is high. Yet healings today are taking place and revivals are breaking out around the world where people are hungry and they're desperate. Come on, some. Somebody. We need miracles, we need, but they won't happen until God's people get hungry again and desperate again and get our expectancy up again and say, I don't know what's gonna happen in that service, but I know something's gonna happen. We gotta get our expector up. A man, after getting receiving the Holy Ghost, he, he spent five years in Africa. His work numbered 700,000 members in a nation of 15 million the leading result that drew all those people there was the fact 
that miracles were taking place in that church. Over 100,000 healings took place during that time, an average of 55 every day. And that church began to grow because they began to hear about what God was doing. Why not here? Why not now? Amen. Anybody hungry? I, I don't know about you, but I believe if God's people can get hungry enough and believe and expect, get filled with the Holy Ghost, we could see the ninth hour visitation of healings and signs and wonders here. Wonders. I'm tired of seeing the sick stay sick. I'm tired of seeing the blinded eyes not open, the deaf ears not open, the lame stay in line. I want a ninth hour visitation while I'm still alive. I want to experience it for myself. I want to feel it. I want to sense it. I want to see it. I want to be able to give God the glory and the honor. Then the Bible says the owner of the vineyard not only visited at the third hour, which represents an outpouring of the Holy Ghost, the sixth hour that represents worship, the ninth hour that represents miracles. But the owner, which is God, visited the vineyard, which represents the church, the Bible says, at the eleventh hour. When you think about the third hour, sixth hour, ninth hour, I automatically think the next number should be twelve, three, six, nine, twelve, but it wasn't. The Bible said it was 3, 6, 9, and 11. And I believe the Lord is saying there will be, never be a midnight for my people. Matthew 25 and 6 says, At midnight the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Exodus says, And it came to pass at midnight the Lord passed through Egypt and delivered them out. Job 34 says, In the middle of the night... The people are shaken and they pass away. The mighty are removed without human hand. In other words, something, somebody say something, something always happens at midnight. And when the trumpet of the Lord sounds, we'll never see the 12th hour midnight because we're gonna be snatched up out of here at the midnight cry. Anybody ready? <laughs> Hallelujah. So let's step back just before midnight comes. Just before the Lord returns, there's going to be an 11th hour visitation. Remember God, the owner of the vineyard? He will be, pay, he'll, he'll be paying those that are working in his vineyard a visit. He visited them on the third, sixth, ninth hour, and he's going to pay them a visit on the eleventh hour. Third hour, people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Sixth hour, learn how to worship. They learn how to enter into the presence of the Lord. The ninth hour, people receive miracles of healing. And the eleventh hour, people are going to experience everything. Somebody say everything. 
The 11th hour people are going to embrace and experience everything that those had experienced before them. They're about to be able to experience the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They're about to be able to experience miracles. They're about to be able to experience the presence of God, the same power that the apostles had in the upper room. They're going to have the 11th hour people are going to experience the same thing. The man at the gate beautiful did a miracle. The city of Samaria experienced. It's all coming upon the 11th hour people just before the coming back of the Lord. What are you saying today, Pastor? I'm saying I believe with what I read and what I hear and what I sense when I pray. We are an 11th hour generation. We are an 11th hour church. I thank God that he's visited at the third hour and the sixth hour. I thank him for what he did at the ninth hour, but I believe he's about to turn the dial up a notch and things are about to accelerate just before the return of the Lord. We're gonna see a mighty outpouring of the reign of the Holy Ghost. We've experienced the former, but the latter's about to hit, and the former and the latter's gonna come together, and we, the church of the 11th hour, are about to experience it all, the former and the latter, all together. If you believe that, give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. I believe that today. We are an 11th hour people. The 11th hour that he came, he visited all all the workers. And in this parable, people begin to work at the third hour and people the sixth and the ninth. And then some came in to work at the last, the 11th hour, and some of them are like, well, why should they get the same pay or get what we get? That's what's about to happen. There's a shifting, I believe, that's taking place. There's an acceleration that's going to take place. And just before the Lord sounds the trumpet at midnight, has Gabriel sound the trumpet at midnight to call us home, I believe there's going to be an acceleration of his presence, of his power. There's gonna be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I believe we're gonna begin to be in his presence and become worshipers, true worshipers like never before. I believe there's gonna be signs and wonders and miracles happening. And I believe we're gonna be able, the church is gonna be able to embrace and experience all of this, the former and the latter together. The former reign came in Israel just after the planting the first seeds. And if the rain didn't come to water the seeds they planted in the ground, those seeds would just dry up and die. So after the initial, the former rain would fall, growth would take place. Water would get around that seed and begin to nurture it and water it. The seed would begin to grow and take root. And growth would begin to occur. And that's what the Lord has been doing, I believe, in the body of Christ. We're going through a season and a time of growth in His Word and a relationship. But in between the former rain and the latter rain, it's growing time. 
That can be a lengthy time sometimes. And during the, in between the former rain when it rains and waiting on the latter rain to come, it can get lonely. You can go through seasons of drought. You can go through struggles. They would, the birds would try to grab the seed before it could, after the rain and it could take root. You would go through storms who would, they would try to destroy the seed. And I'm looking at people here today. The former rain has come on you and you're in between somewhere and the church is lodged somewhere somewhere right now we've experienced the former rain but we're waiting with bated breath on the latter rain the latter outpouring to come and we've been waiting we've been praying we've been having to fight and persevere and go through attacks and go through spiritual droughts and go through this and that but somehow we've made it this far Look at your neighbor and tell them, neighbor, you've made it this far. And I believe today the time for harvest is near. I believe that's where we're entering into spiritually. And the Bible says when the harvest time got near, that's when the latter rain begins to fall. God would send the rain just in time to make the plants produce in abundance to bring forth much fruit but in this 11th hour generation the hour just before midnight the hour just before the return of the Lord is anybody getting this 11 o'clock is only one hour away from midnight at the midnight cry we're going to be caught up but before that I believe something's going to happen. I believe there's going to be a great outpour and a great harvest like we've never experienced for the church, for the body of Christ that's ready for it, that wants it, that's hungry for it. And that's my desire today. I hope I'm in the right place today. Because we're running out of time. Church, I'm not here to patty cake and play around. I'm not here just to do a sermon and three songs and a nice pretty altar call and have fun and fellowship the rest of the I'm here. We, we got to fight. We got to war. We got to pursue God. We've got to embrace the power of the Holy Ghost. We've got to worship like we've lost our mind. We've got to engage. We've got, and when we do, we're going to see some things change. I believe with all of my heart we have entered in to an 11th hour season of ministry. And in the 11th hour, the 11th hour people experienced everything that those that experienced at the 3rd, the 6th, and the ninth.